and welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday, and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. So be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. My name is Claire, and my pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Claire Crees. Uh, I'm not I'm not Sage is the thing. I feel like surprise, jump scare. I'm actually Ollie. Uh, I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. It's fresh with the PH basically everywhere. Yeah, another person who is not Sage who's on this podcast right now. I'm Mel. Um, I use they them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. Um, and Ollie and I are both two of the about 85 million people <laughs> on Rupalps Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. I feel like in a lot of ways, Fulcrum Transmissions and Rupalps are like sisters. I feel like like Fulcrum Transmission is like the younger the younger sister who like is going to college and has has her shit together. Meanwhile, Rupalps Pod Race is like the older sister who still lives at home and ha- is like 26. <laughs> so I'm always excited. I'm always excited to be on. Well, thank you for coming on. And yeah, obviously Sage is not here today. Um, so it's just me plus guests. Um, and we're here to talk about the new High Republic book, Convergence by Zoraida Cordova. Um, and this episode will contain spoilers. So if you haven't read the book yet, you should probably go do that first unless you don't care about having the entire thing spoiled. I'm so excited to talk about this book. Um, I will preface this. We got an advanced copy I read this book in like the first week of September, I think, and then could not talk about it until it came out in the first week of November. It was like torture. Yeah, it was like being held hostage with a gun to your head, having like had like, like having the world reprogrammed around you, like leaving the Matrix and coming back and being like, oh my God, no one knows that Fantu Zen is so slay. Yeah, no one knows that I believe in straight love now. <laughs> no to one be knows fair, that. To be fair, I don't think any of those bitches are straight. I don't think it's humanly possible. And you're completely correct. Anyway, <laughs> do we want to talk about the book, actually? Perhaps. Um. Yeah, I think something that I want to talk about is how, like, fun these characters are and how fun they are together. Um, Because you have, like, the main four Gela, Axel, Fantu, and Ziri, right? But you also have so many, like, secondary and minor characters that are also just, like, breaths of fresh air. Like, obsessed with Crichton's son. No, we're gonna learn more about him. But I cannot stop thinking about Charl, Roy, and Enya for some reason. Like, they have found a place in my brain. Like, I just think every character in this book is so memorable. Yeah, I I like how concise the cast is. Like, I, while there are a lot of people in it, I feel like we have a very good grasp of our our main squad. I felt like in Light of the Jedi, sometimes it'd be like, okay, we're being introduced to so many people and so many people are dying. I can't keep my head straight about who's who. And this book, while there were some some deaths, hashtag death, um, there were a lot of characters that it was like, okay, wait, so I can actually sit down, get to know you a little bit. I really liked, um, Enya and her relationship with Gela in a lot of ways it was like a younger sister and an older sister and the younger sister's like oh my god you're so old and also why are you trying to levitate that's stupid and I'm obsessed with that I will say I do think it's funny now that you've mentioned it Convergence I think definitely has the lowest kill count 
of any of the higher public adult novels. Honestly, it has a lower kill count than probably some of the some of the other like the middle grade and young adult novels as well. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but definitely more people died in Test of Courage than in this book. Mm-hmm. And also Race to Crash Point Tower. Are you fucking kidding? Oh, absolutely. I forgot about that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Also, I think there's a more kissing in this book than the average High Republic book. Um, you know, that being said, there there is a fair amount of of kissing oh that is that true in rising storm else our man gets Um, it's implied there's kissing is implied (laughs) yeah no i completely agree about the characters i think that my me personally my biggest fear going into phase two is like it's completely new characters probably most of them will die because like we're going back in time we're probably never going to see them again and so i was like what if i just like don't care about them as much because i kind of am like oh well we're gonna move on anyway but then I read this book and I was like, no, I actually care about them oh, like way too much. And now if anything happens to them, I'm going to be absolutely devastated. No, the fact that the next adult book is the last of the adult books in in phase two, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, it's a it's looking quite dark for all of the gals. Um, Axel Greylark, I honestly, I'm actually not too afraid about Axel dying. I, it's more Gela is my, I think my, my main priority vis-a-vis bitches who are dying. Um, just because like, yeah, I, I think that there's a reason that the leveler is still like doing things, <laughs> obviously. Um, and I'm, I'm nervous. And also like, I think this is a fun part of the High Republic, but also kind of one of my critiques of it is that there are so many like tangents, so many like little things I'd love to know more about that we just never get to touch on again. Like, I I hope, I would hope that we get to talk a little bit more about Gela's Pathfinder team and like what the fuck happened there. But like also part of me is like, where is that going to fit in in this huge narrative? Like maybe in Battle of Jeddah, they'll get to mention it. That cast list revealed that she's in it. Very scary. Don't love that. Um, But like, my jaw know. dropped. My jaw dropped <laughs> seeing her in that in that list. Um, what I will say, the characters that I'm like most like worried about are Fantu and Ziri. Fair. I'm worried. I'm worried for Gela, but I also feel like because she has like hashtag main character status, hmm. like whatever happens with her is going to be like important, like narratively. I'm not saying if anything happens to Fantu and Ziri, it won't be important, but like. I feel like if anything happens to them, it's going to have so many ramifications because we know Iram and Arano are still at war in phase one in that time. So I'm like, something is happening to them. Because as far as I'm aware, none of those little bitches that Comac and Orla and Laird and Simix were going to save, none of them were the children or grandchildren of Fantu and Ziri. So wouldn't that be fucked up were? if they were? I would have to read. Crazy. Yeah, I have to reread Into the Dark just to see, like, description-wise, are they similar at all? I don't know. Perhaps. <laughs> They're like, yeah, um, the the lady from, oh my god, Iram has the green little freckles. I think it would be so hilarious if it was, like, you re- reread it and the description is, like, when someone writes, like, an OC who's a child of two canon characters. Like, I think that would be hilarious. Also, sorry to go back to something you said Ali about two minutes ago um you did say that um Gela has main character energy and therefore cannot die what if 
not what just I, say, not what I said. Not okay, what I know. I, said. I know. I okay. I know it wasn't quite. I was paraphrasing. That Stella being Geos said, would like to have a word. No, I'm literally. I keep. I'm thinking about this. I don't know why this book series is in my brain. I think it's because before we started recording, we were talking about um one Josh Hutcherson, and so now I'm just thinking about like YA dystopian novels. What if a Divergent esque killing of Triss and fucking say that. <laughs> what if that would be so scary i don't like that i don't care for that i don't know why that came into my mind but there are it feels like the kill bill sirens in the back of my head thinking about it i i really can't with that but no i also think that if anyone's gonna die it's gonna be fun too because yeah they have to go back to war somehow and i feel like him dying would definitely cause some issues um that being said please don't um because i will literally lose it if he dies um but yeah I think that out of the four of them I'm really worried for everyone except Axel I don't think that I don't I don't know what impact Axel dying would really have narratively like I mean I'm you Axel love him so deeply but like in terms of like the conflict between the two planets and like the Jedi Order and the leveler he's just kind of there like we love him but he really is just kind of there and so I feel like if anyone's going to die, it's either going to be a Jedi or someone who's directly involved in this conflict, like Bantu. I, I tend to agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I also tend to agree. I just think the idea of Axel being like, I'm going to sacrifice myself for some reason. And he does. And then it's like, okay, great. Anyway. <laughs> no, literally. Okay. I'm I'm picturing like, you know how the leveler is on that fucked up little cold planet in the rising storm? I, the idea of like Axel like Captain Americaing himself with the the leveler on his ship into the some into the fucking ice planet or asteroid or whatever the fuck it was, and then it's like if Captain no one gave a fuck about Captain America and didn't fight. <laughs> it's just yeah, if they were just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, when when Marshawn Rowe went there, they were like, oh, there's a guy frozen here too, and then they were like, eh, fuck I that guy. Someone, someone in like the New Republic era, Ray Skywalker is about to thaw out Axel Greylark and be like, "Whoa, so what's your deal?" He's like, "Oh my God, what's going on? What about my like my family? What about the Jedi? Where that?" She's like, "Okay, we need to take a step back. The the what? The who? (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love yeah. That would. This is how we. This is how we can get Axel in (laughs) Axel in the sequels era. I do think it's funny that like." everyone is like oh it's gonna be like Marta Ariana Rowe who's gonna put the leveler back in the ice and then what if it was just Axel like he it, like I feel like it would be so like he just kind of accidentally does it you know I know I just think that's why he's so he's so interesting because he's so like not involved in anything that's going on but he's also literally the chancellor's son so he's like should be involved in literally everything but he's too busy like gambling and drinking <laughs> doing whatever he wants and then suddenly it's like oh wait I actually need to be involved in this conflict between two planets that's obviously going to become a much bigger issue later in this phase because we know how things play out he is his own worst enemy in a lot of ways which I think is a fun thing I love when a character's own worst enemy is themselves because it's like okay you have every opportunity people are giving you the chance to like not be a fuck up right now and you're choosing to like to not do that at the end there he's like okay wait 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 wait, wait. it's like the john bernthal <laughs> video i feel like that is like the end of this book where you know 
his heart is beating so loud that Gala can hear it. And she's like, whoa, are you good, dude? She's like, no, I'm not. And then he goes to prison. And that's, okay. I don't know. Well, here's how, okay, here's the thought. Axel goes to prison. The path busts him out. They're like, we got to get our baby girl. The mother's like, hey, do you want to see my cool fucked up dog? Called the leveler. And he's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. What does it do? And she's like, well, it basically destroys Jedi down to their fundamental level or anyone who can use the force. Isn't that cool? He's like, I need to kill that thing before it gets to my baby girl, Gelina Tai. I'm taking that. I'm taking that shit down with me and I'm going to go out in a heroic way. And then 10 years later, someone's like, dang, y'all remember Axel Greylark? Whatever happened to him? No, I don't know. And that's that's my fan fiction. Chancellor Greylark, people are like, didn't you have a son? And she's like, yeah. I think he's in jail, right? <laughs> he's just fully unaware that he like got busted out of prison and died. It's giving Tempest Runner in a in a roundabout way. <laughs> Where is Axel Greylark's Tempest Runner? Where's his John Wittick? Is that what his name was? Or did I just okay? I was afraid that I just no assigned him John. Because here's my problem is I I was worried for a second because my brain was like I think his name's Jeremy because. You have talked about Jeremy Strong playing him so many times. I'm just like, oh yeah, that's Jeremy Wittick. Listen, yeah. there, there is something. First of all, I I don't know what it is about this book. I think it's just because like this, the central like story is about like young people. Well, I guess they're young people. They're like you know like mid twenties, early thirties, kind of like thinking about how they want war to end or like I don't know what to do when conflict is happening his axel has like this very like you know self-important i don't care as long as i'm coming out on top kind of point of view and gala is you know a jedi fantu and ziri both have kind of um opposing not even opposing i think they are very complementary um ideas about this and i just i don't know there's there's something about this book that i I'm obsessed with I'm very happy that it was the adult book because I feel like the adult books have been like very plot not not to call this that this wasn't plot heavy because obviously important things are happening but like it was it felt much more of a character study and like a very singular isolated event as opposed to like whoa so much is gonna happen which is weird because that also is kind of how Path of Deceit felt but also Path of Deceit ended up with this thing that like it was very self-contained and then it just like shit the bed at the end. <laughs> it was like, okay, well, the leveler's here. See, that's the really interesting thing is I think that instead of it being like, like I, I think that a lot of the stuff that we've seen from phase two has been very character driven, but those character driven things have bigger implications for the world. But it's not like in Light of the Jedi where you see all these different characters interacting with the same disaster. Um, it almost feels a lot more like the fallen star in that way. Where it's like, this is a big thing that's happening, but we really are focusing on, like, our little squad who's there. But I also think that, like, I, I think that Battle of Jeddah might be a bit more of our, like, major world event story, like we got from Light of the Jedi. Like, I feel like it might be, like, everything's kind of, we're just getting more context for it, as opposed to, again, Light of the Jedi, where it's like, we're in the shits immediately. I think that makes a lot of sense too based on the cast list because we have people from everywhere like there's people from like the middle grades the YA the adults um so yeah it really does feel like that's going to be the big like ensemble moment and then 
every other book after that is going to be more back to like okay these are like adult characters and our like adult novel conflict that was something weird uh, also i'm sorry we're talking about convergence but i was like wait battle of jedda the fact that like the comics none of the comics girlies are really in there porter's not there sob's not there filter mac maddie they're not there hmm strange and they're the ones who are like on jedda yeah exactly battle of jedda they should probably be there well to be fair maybe the like it's gonna be like the comics are occurring simultaneously with Mm -hmm. like they did with like fallen star and the end of the high republic run one because they're so like like the characters are very separated and i think we do know like that is what's happening i think that i don't remember if it's the next if it's high republic three or High Republic 4 that is going to mark like the start of the Battle of Jeddah. Um, and I also know like Yana and the Herald are going to be in the comic. So, and, and Yana is not in um, Battle of Jeddah. So I kind of feel like maybe her vibe, like she is going to be doing her thing with the our friends from the comics while everybody else gets on their struggle bus. That is the Battle of Jeddah. <laughs> I don't know I'm just like I feel like what's really nice about this um is that we're really like set up for something because I like Convergence did so much to be like oh yeah here's all this stuff and like you can see the ending and then at the very end they're like let's all go to Jetta and I'm like I know that there's something else in this phase that's called Battle of Jetta I don't know if you guys should go they're like at the end of every book in this phase when someone's been like oh we're gonna go to Jetta I'm like no don't go to Jetta, please. It's the but, same energy as like phase one when everyone was like, okay, back to Starlight Beacon. And I'm like, no, because we know that Starlight Beacon is actively falling out of the sky right now. Yeah, it's just, oh, <laughs> I'm just so like, I'm really excited by how invested I am in these characters too. Because I feel like in phase one, it really took me a while to like fully get into the characters and really get into their heads. But I feel like, especially in this book, so much of it was how are these characters and like, why are they the way they are? I'm like, I'm really excited to see, not even if it doesn't include them specifically, see how the world around them is so I can be better informed on why they are the way they are. Yeah. And I think that that is like one of the biggest strengths of Convergence. We were talking to Zoraida Cordova in an interview um, and she's like a romance author, first and foremost. And so I think that like, because romance kind of predicates like you need to like be inside the head of someone to like understand why they're falling in love that it ends up being this like really I don't know reflective kind of story um and that I don't know it that it was just exciting to have that as the adult book because I feel like not that it didn't happen in in the other adult books but like I feel like the last time I felt like I was in the head of a character in this way was kind of like into the dark in a weird way. I don't know. I just felt like I get to got to know these these four people really well. And now I'm like, okay, well, we know one of them's on Jeddah. We know one of them's in jail and the other two. Well, that's a story for another day. <laughs> um, speaking of which, I'm just kind of curious across the table, like who's everyone's favorite character? Oh my gosh. See, when I first was reading it, I would have said Ziri, but also, I don't know. I can't choose between her and Fontu. 
they're just so they're just such a package deal like I can't separate out which one of them I love more but it's definitely one of them that's a really nice thing about them is like they complement each other in such a way that it's like it truly is like they make each other better not only like as a couple but just like as characters like they really give each other something to play off of and I just yeah they are very they're so yeah um I think my favorite character I've said this um I think Ella is like actually one of my favorite High Republic characters full stop I don't know if she's like quite number one yet but I can easily see her getting there I just I love a character who's like I went through something really bad and now I don't quite know what I'm supposed to do or how I'm supposed to act or like be and I don't think anyone has faith in me but but you know we're gonna work it out it's all right I have my morals I know what I'm about we'll figure it out I just think that's a very cool story and a very cool character um and I think it's cool too how like that is reflective like all of the characters in this book have a story kind of like that where they have something that's like we've had this traumatic event or this thing for Fantu and Ziri it's like this war for Axel it's losing his father and it's all about how all of them deal with their like collective trauma and like how they all have different responses for how to further themselves and how to fit into the world I think that's just like a really really interesting story to tell yeah um to that end I think that it's hard because I've asked a question that I think is almost impossible to answer because I I love all all of the characters in this book so much and like I feel like like you said like they're so complementary of each other and it's like the best parts of like Axel are his relationship with like Bantu and with Gela and you know what we need we needed more Ziri and 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 Axel because I feel like first of all she would have knocked him down a goddamn peg I feel like if they had like gotten a little a little fight sequence where they got to to throw him throw down she would have beat his ass and he would have been like okay maybe i need to be quiet um maybe be, maybe we wouldn't be destroying cities if we had gotten our shit rocks um but like i don't know i think my my knee jerk reaction is to say axel even though that is a fucking plot twist of the century i remember when this book was announced i was like fuck this guy fuck this stupid guy i don't want to read about him fuck this guy and now i'm like oh my god axel he's my best friend <laughs> um no literally i remember when they introduced axel and they were like yeah he's just like a nepo baby and i was like he is so annoying i already hate him and then the first excerpt we get with him is him being like ha 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 i am in severe debt and i was like never mind I'm kind of low-key obsessed with you. He's just like me for real, for real. No, he's not, but that's okay. Yeah, I, I also was in the like, oh my God, I don't want to read about this guy. He sounds like he's just some guy. Um, But now I'm obsessed with him. And I do feel like he definitely like has the potential to be my favorite. Like I already love him, but I'm like, maybe one more novel would like put him at the top. I know, Lydia Kang, you hold so much in your hands right now. It's insane. Um, oh my gosh. You know, he was also a, a standout to me in this book that didn't get a whole lot of screen time or screen time, page time. Um, and I would love to see, I don't know. I, I'm very afraid she might be in, um, the next YA book. I, I don't know why I'm just paranoid. Enya, I mm -hmm. think she was very delightful. She was, you know, the kind of like quippy Padawan character, whatever. Um, 
but just like getting to spend more t- like any time in her head seems like a very exciting endeavor also the idea of kevin scott writing her scary now that i've said it aloud i don't i hope i'm hoping i'm not manifesting it there is a character who has the same last name as enya from phase one i believe his name is rodor keen he is the republic like the the republic's um head of operations on starlight beacon and is constantly beefing with a Stalamaru. So I just read that and I saw her last night. Her name, her name was Enya Keen. And I was like, is she related to him? Because that would be so fucked up. That's just a fun thing. I just felt like I had to bring up because I think about it a lot. Hmm. I literally forgot about him. But now, oh my God. No, because if they actually were related, that's literally insane. Wouldn't it be so, so fucked up if everyone's like, oh my God, wouldn't it be crazy if Gela left the order for Axel? Meanwhile, Enya's like, yeah, I just handed in my two weeks. Um, I'm going to go plan on having some fucked up grandkid who's going to be really bitchy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Enya is such a fun character. That is something I said earlier, like Enya and Charles Roy are both characters who have taken up like a very specific part of my brain because I feel like they are very a very good example of like what jedi are doing during this phase and they're an example of like i think in general in star wars like what do jedi do like what do they actually do because everyone's like oh the jedi are like the cops of the universe or they work for the republic whatever they're like we're here doing a relief mission and we're just kind of slaying and having fun and doing a silly little silly little moments like enya being like I'm going to pretend to be this woman and then jump out and scare whoever's trying to murder her. I think about that a lot. Like, they are just very Jedi. Also, I that felt like... Enya, that felt like a YouTube prank. Like, <laughs> like 3 a.m. challenge gone wrong. Well, gone right, to be honest. Yeah, I think that yeah. what I love about them, and it's kind of the same way I felt about, like, Bell and Loden at the beginning of Phase 1, that it's like, they take their their commitment to the order very seriously and like the jedi teachings but that doesn't mean they have to be like all stoic and serious all the time because i feel like some people have this idea of jedi that it's like oh they never have fun all they do is like talk about the jedi code and i like that we kind of get these like master and padawan relationships where it's like no they actually like can have fun together while also still being good jedi like the two things don't have to be mutually exclusive yeah, I agree with that completely. I also think about when Charles Roy is like, yeah, I'm going to send Enya in to do this interrogation. And everyone from um, Arano is like, she is like 10 years old. He's like, first of all, she's 20. And then she comes back and she's like, yeah, this guy likes having his toes sucked. Remember that part in that book? In this book? No, literally. I'm like, okay, the High Republic books are fucked up because like you have Elsor Man who fucks and you have edging in Midnight Horizon and now toe sucking. What is next? Where are we going from here? It's just so, it's so scary. We, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Do we want to talk about the thing that literally like ruined my life, which is Axel working for the path of the open hand? Because I, I literally never saw that one coming. I read that chapter and I was like, I need to put the book down and like take a walk or something. It, I still can't stop thinking about it. Like, out of everything that I expected going into this novel, that was not it at all. No, because when I read this book, Mel and I were in the same room. I had read it first. I was, like, much further in. And I got to that scene where she's like, my chaos, my axle. And I was like, like, I had, like, a a fit. I was like, 
having a moment and I was like what and I'm like I can't tell you and like I don't know how to act right now though I'm gonna have a moment mind you neither of us had read Path of Deceit so we had no idea who this woman really was we just knew she was fucked up so it was like oh Axel what are you what are you doing Loka like it was it was so dark also like I hate that Axel walked so Girostaros could run shut up <laughs> like like right right <laughs> am I wrong <laughs> Here's the problem. I was so desperately being like, no, they're not. They were. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, maybe once or more. Well, uh. I the part that is most troubling to me, and I forget who pointed this out to me initially, is that like, like Sunshine Dobbs and like people that work closely with her call her Alicia, but he calls her mother still when he could like fully be calling her by her first name. It's giving Ethel Kane Stan. <laughs> I was oh. thinking more like, um, I hate that he has mommy issues like that. I'm like, I fear, I fear that his mommy issues made him quite um vulnerable to the mother and her wiles. I just, I'm sorry. The idea of it being like, it's weird that Axel calls her mother, but he's more like, oh my god, she's so mother, like in a standing way. Hey, mother. <laughs> I just can't get over that. Oh my god, mother. Oh, that sounded kind of like just like gay Norman Bates. Not gay Norman Bates. Pull me by the window, Axel. I think that's just. I think that's just Norman Bates. To be yeah, gay. yeah. To be fair. Um, sorry, I did not mean to <laughs> pull out a psycho reference on this podcast today. But no, I just. I think about too, like what Axel's involvement with the path is, because like when I first read it, again, I had not read Path of Deceit, so I didn't quite know what was going on. And then upon like re-examining it, I'm like, oh god, like they seem like a very insulary community who like the mother will have contact with other people, but like they don't really. So I'm like, to what extent do people know Axel or is he just one of their like beneficiaries that Yana and um, the Herald are kind of like, yeah, you've got, you've got some bitches going on. I assume he's kind of in a side bitch beneficiary capacity. Cause I can't remember it now that I've, I'm saying it, but like the part where they go to the like, carnival thingamajig the carnival asteroid um and to the um the bar with that woman she's like oh my god are you rolling with the fucking path again are you fucking kidding dude i thought you got out of that mess so like first of all much like in oh my god i'm trying to remember what magda stallion song it is i think it's her where she's like this pussy is a prison axel graylark i know what you are i know what you are No, it's just, it's so dark. He's just, it's a lot like a multi-level marketing scheme. I feel like that's a, that's a cornerstone of RuPalps is we always have to talk about an MLM and not like the fun kind, like the multi-level marketing scheme kind, but it's just like Axel has in somewhere in like the back of his car, he has like a bunch of things that he's purchased from the path that he's like I desperately have to sell these or break even like a Mary Kay salesperson interesting that you said that for some reason my brain went to Lululemon I was like oh my god (laughs) not he's wearing Lululemon leggings (laughs) I think first of all I do think you're thinking of LuLaRoe (laughs) I think I am but but also low-key Lululemon I know that would be his the vibes the vibes are no, he has some very expensive athleisure gear. I just know it. Just looking at him, you can tell. 
Okay, the idea of him being like a social media ambassador for the path, like they're like, oh my god, you're the chancellor's son. Can you like wear our merch and talk about how great we are? Wait, okay, this might not be true. I might be lying about Scientology right now, but I'm almost positive. Or is it? It might be something else. I feel like I I heard something about some type of um culty type religion moment, um paying influencers to like go on like like trips to be like oh my god i felt like it was scientology axel doing pr for the past though after he's like well everyone he's on like prison tiktok like not prison tiktok but he's also like making videos talking about the path he's like "Mm -hmm, yeah oh my god oh axel axel is such a mess of a man it's embarrassing for him he's also like he's one of the most down bad star wars characters and I'm so happy that we have down bad representation like this. Um, you know, I feel like Anakin, he went a little too far in so, you know, doing the whole genocide thing um, and leaning into fascism. Axel Greylark has not done that. He he has fucked up. People have died. Don't get me wrong. But he's just like, oh my God, I could stop killing people for Gela. It's like he's like inverse Anakin, where Anakin's like, I could start killing people for Padme. <laughs> Literally. Um, no, I also think something cool about Axel. I feel like we don't get enough. I feel like being down bad often leads down a fascist pipeline. And Axel said, That's happening for me. I've read enough theory. He is college educated. He's like, I I've read. I understand. I I know what pipelines are. Think about how Axel has an economics degree. Of course he does. No, literally, I think he has like a master's in ag- uh, like agricultural, agricultural economics. economics. Also, what I also love about Axel is that I'm like, he's got to be like 27. I'm like, you're you're so grown to be acting the way you are. No, because I like when I was reading this book in my mind, I was like, I know they're all like almost 30 years old. But also I am so like it, Star Wars protagonist age is always like 1920. And so sometimes I was like, oh, he's like 19. And I was like, no, he's fully like 28 years old. And I'm going to say something too. And it's going to be so rude. I really feel bad that his dad died. But he was also like 18 years old. Like he was, it's like, I'm certainly not saying he shouldn't be deeply affected by it. But I'm like, sir, you can't be like, I hate the Jedi because they weren't they they didn't treat me in the nice way after my dad died i'm like sir you need to unlearn some things right now you're too old to be acting this way and i was like i was reading that event where his father died like he was like a child i was like you're a grown adult axel that being said not saying that parental death is ever like oh i'm fine it doesn't matter i'm grown not what i'm saying at all yeah. Also, I'm just thinking about his relationship with his his mother and like that scene where he's like, where she's like, "No, you're done. You're being you're being stupid. Stop embarrassing me in front of all of my politician friends. Get out." Um, it's so dark because he's he's like the perfect person to get roped into a cult. <laughs> he's like, "Oh my god, I'm in so much debt. Oh my god, <laughs> having an issue." Oh my gosh, these people are being nice and like offering, like are being empathetic to my cause. Also, they also hate Jedi, just like me. No, he feels like that's why I keep going back to the like, how is he like a 27 year old? Because it's so similar to the way that I feel like about like how Marta is like, oh, I have no one, but like 
oh, the path is here for me when no one else is. But I'm like, but she's fully like 18 years old. Like, yeah. Turned 18. You're literally a 28 year old. No, because the idea of the two of them interacting, I feel like they would have just the most like vapid, insane conversations that you would ever hear in your life. It would be like two people talking, but it sounds like they're having completely different conversations. Like they're responding to things that does not sound like what the person actually said. They would be communicating on some sort of other level that most people can't experience. She'd be like, oh my gosh, yeah, there was this Jedi. And he's like, oh my God, I get it. And she'd be like, yeah, it was really fucked up, but he had to die. And he's like, so true. I don't, maybe I shouldn't be here. Hmm. I am now thinking about a scenario in which Marta Rowe is the person who the mother sends to break Axel out of prison. And it's like, it's like when um in the Fallen Star, when like the vessel crew picks up Orla and Elzar and like Elzar interacting with them was the most like insane thing I've ever read in my life. It's like that, but it's like the the like trip back from wherever he's in prison to to Jeddah is just him and Marta in a ship having like the most insane conversations you've ever heard. That is the most nightmarish road trip I've ever heard of. The playlist that th- was... those two are composing, Mm-mm. rancid. It's a- she's like, hey Axel, um, you have like a lot of songs that are loud and sad. Do you like Hanson? I like Hanson. I feel like Marta would listen to Hanson. I don't know why. I feel like she's listening to Nickelback sometimes. That and like Three Days Grace. No, because you know who they agree on? Carly Rae Jepsen. Huh! Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, that gave shivers down my spine. They are they are both like freaking run away with me comes on and both of them are like, oh, oh my God, are we about to become best friends? And he's like, girl, I don't want to be rude. I think you might be a little too dedicated. I think you might be like actually exhibiting cultish behaviors. And she's like, eh. well, you're here. So glass houses. You know who else I think I'm obsessed with being a grown, being a grown ass adult and acting the way that they do is Gelin Atai. I think we need to talk about her more because she she is fully 30. She's so real for this, though, because she's fully like 30 years old being like, oh, my gosh, Crichton's son is like so put together. He's like a mentor to me. He is 40. Girl, he is not that much older than you. But it's like, I don't remember who it was who said it to me, but it was like she is like, oh, my God, he's so grown, whatever. Like he's he's like such an adult. It's like because she does not see herself as a real adult, which I think is an experience a lot of like uh, younger adults have where you're like, I'm an adult, but I'm not like a real adult. So her having like Crichton, she's like, he is a real adult. I am not. I just am obsessed with that dynamic. So the funny thing for me is that I didn't put it together that Crichton's son was the person from Battle of Jeddah until after I'd read the book and I like went to look on his Wikipedia page and saw that the picture was from the cover of Battle of Jeddah and I was like oh my god that's the same person so in my mind he was like 60 the entire time I was reading this novel and then I, and then I found that out and I had to go back and be like wait he's like 40 isn't she like 30 years old like he's not that much older than her no and I think what's really funny is that the ages of the main Jedi characters is that Enya is 20, Gela is 30, Crichton is like 40. I'm just gonna say I think Charles Roy is 50 just because I would think it'd be funny. The exact 10-year age difference between all of them. How old do we think Fantu Zen is? I feel like he's like between I, I feel like he's like 24 mm-hmm. or 25. That feels right to me. That feels right. What about um Ziri? Because I feel like she's like 26. 
Like she's she's older than him. Yeah. I also I think funny. that he is the youngest of their like four person squad. Um mm-hmm. and I think that Gela is the oldest. So I think that Ziri would be like 26, 27. Mm. Which again, half the time I was like, oh yeah, they're like 20. I know it's very refreshing to see a story about actual like adults. Cause I feel like the older you get, you almost feel like you're like aging out of it. Like I, I had a bit of a crisis because I realized that next year I'm leaving the eight, not even next year, within the next like couple of months, I'm leaving the 18 to 24 age bracket. And that's very scary to me. So reading a book where I was like, all of these bitches are out of the 18 to 24 age bracket. I don't have to be worried. It's okay. I do have to say that the Fontoon Ziri love confession moment at their wedding literally is like imprinted into my brain permanently. I was not literally from the first time they interacted I was like okay we all know you're gonna fall in love and it's gonna be great but then I was not expecting them to have like the most dramatic iconic romantic love confession that I've maybe ever read in my life um and then I was like distracted for like the whole next chapter I was like oh my god remember remember when he was like I'm madly in love with you and then I was like oh wait there's like 20 other things just happened and then I had to like go back and reread it no because Hansolo is quaking shitting in his boots because listen that scene in empire it's empire yeah it's empire where um he's like i love you and she, uh, leia says i know that has loki has nothing on on ziri and fantu their wedding being like okay kiss okay now we have to fuck some bitches up that that is everything to me i felt like this was like one of the most romantic star wars books i've ever read absolutely if not one of the most the most because love was just so baked into this book and not just like romantic love but like familial and like just like friendship love um and that just was so i don't know i feel like star wars often talks about like hope um but hope and love are not too disconnected from each other as concepts and it felt cool to like reflect on both hope but like hope that is love-based if that makes sense I agree completely I'm also a person who loves a good romance like I'm always like even in even in stories where it's like clearly not the central plot I'm like but what if they like what if it was like there's not enough kissing and that's something I liked about this book that it's like there's plot going on but we can throw we can throw in a little a little spice a little flavor and it's like such a core aspect as well like I just Oh, it's so good. I just love that. I think it's really great that like we had kind of these two main romances in this book and they were both so different, but also like I care so much about both of them. Like usually I've said before on this podcast that like sometimes Star Wars romance feels so like these two people are going to be in love because they have to be and we're just going to be like, yep, they're in love and you just kind of have to go along with it. But like, literally, it takes, I mean, like, it takes until almost the end of the book for them to actually be like, hey, we're in love. But I was like, oh, my God, I literally need you guys to end up together so bad from like the first time they interacted. And yeah, I think that, I mean, we talked about Zoraida Cordova being a romance author and like you can totally tell because it's so it's it's all these like little moments. Like I always think about the moment where like Axel braids Gela's hair and it's such a like passing moment but it was also like one of the most intimate things that happens in this book and like stuff like that that is so small but just so like personal and creates such a like 
such a great dynamic between all four of them honestly like not even just two and two as like couples but like the entire group of the four of them um I definitely I definitely think that the High Republic has some like some of the better romances within Star Wars in general but for this book to have like two like all four main characters two and two in romantic relationships or at least like in some sort of relationship that definitely has like romantic notes to it and for me to like be so invested in both of them is something that I don't usually get when I read Star Wars novels. Yeah, I I tend to agree. Especially I think too is that something with um that before this book came out a lot of people were talking about like, oh yeah, no this is like wouldn't it be crazy if there were these romances blah 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 like people were kind of theorizing that there was going to be romance cuz again, Zoraida's background but also just the premise seemed very like oh opposites attract. And I was worried because the higher public has given us a lot of like very good queer representation. So I was like, you're expecting me to read a book about a bunch of straight people. And again, we said at the beginning, the chance that all of them are straight, very low. But I was like, wow, I'm reading these. I'm actually giving these these people in a straight passing relationship a shot. It was very exciting. It's like I, I, I honestly don't know if I've ever been as invested in a straight ship, like a straight relationship in fiction as I have with the both of these relationships which is just crazy no I I think it truly I feel like they are the four of them are it's just like bye for bye for bye for bye (laughs) where it's just like they are so I I, for for two couples that are in theoretically straight I feel like I'm 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 letting them into the community (laughs) they are the exception they are they're everything yeah I mean it's also I think just because they're well written and I think like a lot of the time especially for people who don't consume a lot of like romance media or even like a lot of like well-written romance media I think it's really easy to see a lot of like romances in popular media are like oh well the boy and the girl are the main characters so regardless of their chemistry they're probably going to get together at some point like I I feel like you don't get a lot of things that actively make you like root for them and actively give you like the the anticipation but also the the like the payoff in the same way because I think like Claire said earlier a really important thing was that these two relationships neither of them really like had a like a confession until towards the end of the book like we had a lot of build-up and a lot of very small like tension building moments and a lot of like groundwork laid so that you could be invested in them it wasn't just like oh well obviously it's the the boy and the girl are gonna be together right and I think a cool part of this also was that like not everyone had a happy ending if that makes sense because like yes Fantu and Ziri like yes slay we're winning but like for Axel and Gela I think one it just makes sense that they didn't end up like doing anything as much as I wanted them to kiss so badly um just because there's so much tension between them and it's like oh it's a powder keg about to explode um I think it would it's also just fun fun and good and interesting to have a relationship that doesn't end the way that you thought it was going to right like there isn't and I think it makes sense because like obviously she's a Jedi but also just like I don't know. I think it's sometimes nice that when media does this thing where it's like, yeah, do these people have like romantic chemistry? Sure. But like, we're just gonna move on. Like they, 
the, the romance is not the the pinnacle of both of these characters they have other things going on um and it's nice to to see that and also like i don't know sometimes it's if there's something not therapeutic but like it feels almost like vindication to be like haha straight people you also get to have to deal with the oh will they won't they but not in like a i don't know not like in a not to drag the tv show friends but yeah low-key like not ross and rachel don't don't axel and gella Gella are not ross and rachel not clickbait (laughs) but like i don't know just be like fuck you (laughs) there this is not happening yeah i also love that a lot and i just i definitely like went into this book after hearing what other people had said about it and then like starting to read it and getting introduced to axel and gella's characters i was like oh i'm i'm definitely gonna ship them like i'm gonna be obsessed with them i already know but I I didn't expect to be even more obsessed with Fontu and Ziri. Like I like the amount that they have been living in my brain since I finished this book is crazy. Like I can't even remember the last time I was just invested in yeah like a straight quote unquote ship. Um, and now I like I feel crazy about it. I'm like okay, so where's the next novel? Like I need to know what's gonna happen with them because they had such a like they like have to get married so that their planets will stop being at war forever um but then it's like oh but also we're actually in love so it's great and I'm like okay but we just got to the part where you're like okay now we're in love so like I'm gonna need to get more and that's why I'm like I know that him dying would make sense plot wise but like please don't because I just need like one novel where they're just maybe not happy like things can be going to shit whatever but like as long as they at least get to be together I will take it. And I also, I did say this and I've seen a million other people saying it. We're really on the YA dystopian theme today because I did say that they remind me of Katniss and Peeta from The Hunger Games who are famously my favorite fictional couple ever. So I guess it makes sense that I'm obsessed with them. But I I saw a lot of other people saying that and I was like, no, but you guys don't get it. It's not the like, oh, we have to get married to like keep the peace thing. It's that like she, when they first meet, she's like, oh, I'm such a warrior. And he's like, I'm really not a warrior at all. And she's like, mm, maybe you should be though. Like maybe if you were like more of a warrior, our planets would like literally not be at war and like things wouldn't be so bad. But then as the book goes on, she starts to realize like, oh, actually you kind of, you being like such a good person and like a peaceful person and then like not wanting to be fighting all the time is so different from me, but is so like your strength in the way that like her being such a strong fighter is her strength. And it's also very so often I'll read things and I'll be like oh and then like the big strong warrior man like falls in love with this woman and then is like changes his ways so to have that kind of flipped of like she's she's like a strong warrior but it doesn't end with her being like oh now I'm like not gonna be a fighter anymore because I like fell in love but he's also not like oh now I need to start like fighting and being more like you in order to be like considered strong and so yeah I'm really obsessed with the way that they like learn a lot from each other but not in a way that's like oh I need to change who I am now to be more like you it's like no actually it kind of works that we're opposites in that way because it's the only way that like our two planets that have literally been at war for the past I don't even know how many years are gonna like calm down and stop killing each other I love that I I do think flipping it on its head like flipping the oh I'm learning to be tougher like getting like dispelling the myth that like physically stronger is better And, like, dispelling that in this book is, I think, very powerful. Also, you did compare them to Katniss and Peeta. And I think, like, 
obviously. I think someone must have made this, but that like made this comparison before. But that guy at the beginning, oh my god, whose name escapes me, who was like the guard for Ziri, who was like, Why are you gonna marry him if you really need Jeremy? to marry someone? Yes. He's like, I would marry you, but like I'm also is that not Gail Hawthorne behavior? I wish I the book. I literally had that thought and I completely forgot about this whole right now because I tried to forget that he existed. Um, because I yeah. hate, I can't do it. So write a cordova. In your mind. No, I it- wish <laughs> I wish Gail Hawthorne got fucking murdered and uh, left in Fantu's <laughs> bed like that. Tito's like, hey Katniss, um <laughs> your friend is here. Uh hey guys. It's, it's, no. so, it's still the same too of like Tito was never like, oh my god, I literally hate Gail so much because he has a crush on you, but Gail was totally like that to him, and it's the same way. Like, Fonty was never like, oh, I hate this man. Why can't he go away? Like, I am the only one who's allowed to have a crush on you. Man, that's gonna make me feel crazy for the rest of the night. It's just so, oh god, I can't. If I start talking about the Hunger Games in comparison to this book, it's we could be here for hours. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> Uh, but no, Fantu and Ziri, they are like, I just worry so much for them because I'm like, obviously, we know that it's going to break bad somehow. You know what I would think would be really funny is if it's like phase two, like is starting to come to an end. We're at the end of ca- of um Cataclysm. Fantu and Ziri are still together. It flashes forward like 50 years. And it's like, oh, no, Fantu and Ziri's kids are fighting. <laughs> it's like, they're fine. They got to live their happy ever after. They were fine. It has nothing to do with them. And you know I what? I will that. accept that. I would mm-hmm. prefer that to anything happen to either of them because I do now that I now that I'm like oh my god there's so much like Katniss and Peeta I'm like but this is where the similarities are gonna end okay like we don't need Fontu to have a Peeta Malark arc in Cataclysm like I really don't need that for my sanity um so I do think that they should just be fine and then it's like oh and then at some point in the future something happened and everything got messed up again but like it wasn't them yeah, there's 150 years. A lot can happen in 150 years. Yeah, exactly. I will say, every time anyone talks about Cataclysm, I'm fighting for my life to not think of World of Warcraft first. I'm fighting for my life. I'm going to get there eventually where I don't associate it with the expansion pack Cataclysm for World of Warcraft. I'll get there someday, I promise. See, I keep on wanting to say Catholicism, so, you know. Axel Greylark has become Catholic. Oh, God. Catholic Catholic guilt has come for Axel Greylark. I wish it would. Damn. <laughs> I could do him a favor. He needs to have some sort of guilt. Can we? I think he probably has some. Yeah, he has enough guilt. No, because I'm sorry. I laughed so hard at in the fucking epilogue of this book where he's in jail and he's fucking writing Gela's name in his food. And he's like, I try not to. I'm not thinking about her. I see her when I close my eyes, but like, I don't think about her. Be Dude, serious. That's fucking embarrassing. You're a grown man. I can't wait for Gela in in Cataclysm when she's like just living her life, having a great time. Axel Greylark's name not mentioned once. And then he gets out of prison and he's like, oh my God, Gela, I literally thought about you like every single day while I was in there. And she's like, okay. I to be completely honest, I didn't really think about you, but he's like, he's like, yeah, I think about you all the day. And she's like, oh, I have a box full of your junk from your ship that your mom gave me. Can I like drop it off sometime? No, because that was so <laughs> fucked up. That fucking that Kyung Greylark was like, actually, you can have his car too. Fuck that stupid bitch. No, that was truly also because it was her his dad's ship too. Like 
I would, I need to know what Axel's sentence is. Like, how long is he going to be in there? Because <laughs> the idea of him, like, getting out, like, 50 years later and being like, man, I can't wait to see my dad's shit. Oh, now where? This is, it's not among my things that I'm here to claim. And they're like, oh, yeah, that has been gone since you got here. He's like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was cruel and unusual, though, of Kyung. Listen, I believe Axel needs to serve time. He needs to go to federal prison. However, her being like, you know what? He embarrassed me one too many fucking times. Take his ship. Also that she was like, oh, who should I give this ship to? Oh, I saw him talking to that girl who I met like once at one event. Hey, do you want a free ship? Because like he doesn't need it anymore. And she's like, I mean, I guess. Like I barely know you, but. Because I'm also just thinking about this. This is like, it's sort of apropos of nothing, but it's almost not. There's, I was, when I first read convergence i was like gela is reminding me so much of a combination of two characters from phase one and that is orla jereni and elzar man if they like fuse together like steven universe gems gem sona fusion it would be gela as high like i just feel like that they have that per- that kind of personality <laughs> it just feels right to me because i did see someone being like Gellin Tai is kind of like, what if Elzar Mann was a 30-year-old woman? And I was like, that's not quite right. And I think yeah. that Jereni is like the missing component there. Mm-hmm. So it's not, like, it's not, it doesn't translate that well. But like, if you just add in like a little something else, then I can see it. If you add in just like a little bit more competent woman to Elzar. Because listen, I love, I do love Elzar Mann. I love him so dearly. I had mad beef with him after the fallen star, but we've cut, we've, we talked about it. It's okay now. Um, um, but Gelinatai is a, like, she's having her issues, but she's way more put together than he is. And who's way more put together than Elzar Orla? I just think if you combine them, plus their struggle of like, where's my place within the Jedi order? Like both of them have that very similar, similar yet very different struggle of like, what am I doing? How do I relate to the order? And I think Gela has, like, there are two wolves in your head. One is saying, go leave and be a way seeker. And one is saying, like, establish your place and figure out where you're trying to be. I think that's very, like, Elzar and Orla coded. I also think the thing that sets her apart from Elzar is that it, it over the course of one novel, she was like, I'm going to figure out what I need to do next while also dealing with, like, the war between two planets and also like whatever Axel Greylark has got going on and then by the end of the book she was like yeah I think I know what's next for me meanwhile Elzar took like three whole novels and is still like a mess like love him truly but like he has not figured out what he needs to be doing yet and he's older than her I did not mean to come on this podcast to drag Elzar man I I truly am not I love him to death that's why we love him it's okay, Sage is not here, and she's usually the one who drags Elzar Man while I, like, sit there and I'm like, but I love him. Um, so someone had to take over the job. Yeah, well, this is not, it's it's not from a lack of love. It's it's just because I, I feel like a disappointed parent. I'm like, you can be, you can do better than this. Okay, Kyung Greylark. No, 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 <laughs> we're not doing that. Because she was not, she was like, I'm not saying that you can do better than this. I'm saying, can you just do this? Can you not? Yeah, she's not saying, can you be better? She's saying, can you not be worse? Oh. She's like, I literally got you a therapy droid. Like, what else do you want from me? And he's like, um, okay. I guess I'll just figure it out then. And she said, okay, you do that. Anyway. No, because I love her. She is, like, such a girl boss. Like, she really is like, I have my job. I'm doing my job. 
It's no, not my fault my son is like that. It's interesting to think about her in opposite, like not even opposition, but like compared to Lena So and her relationship with her son. Because her relationship with her son is she's like, oh my God, my gay son. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's like gay son versus thought daughter, but the thought daughter is Axel Grey Lark. But something I said whilst reading this book was at the end when they were going through Quinn, when Quinn got destroyed and they were like going through its memory. I was like, this is Hunter Biden's laptop. He is the Hunter Biden of Star Wars. If Hunter Biden had actually done all the things people say. So fucked up. If instead of like pictures of him doing coke, it was like actual crimes. I hate to Joe Bidenify Keon Greylark, but... Okay, no, because that also, the Kamala Harrisification of <laughs> Chancellor Malo. Holy shit. We did it, Kyung. We did it, Kyung. We're gonna be chancellors. Um, On that note, do we want to answer questions from people on Twitter? Oh my god, yes. Okay, Absolutely. I think that we have to start with this one that comes from Hayden at MCUITD Bestie that says, smash or pass every main character and also make sure it includes Chancellor Malo and Ziri's dad specifically. Oh shit. Okay, so I guess the first one, I guess Axel, smash or pass? Pass. <laughs> I'm also sadly gonna pass. I feel like I feel like he'd be enthusiastic, but I would also be like, you're you're he's gonna say something out of pocket. Like he's gonna be saying mommy yeah in bed and it's not gonna be fun so for that reason i will be passing pass but like we'll see like maybe if you get out of prison and like get your shit together maybe post therapy axel gray lark yeah. <laughs> um gala smash obviously yeah smash i think smash all of the other three gala ziri and absolutely no, no i agree sorry, completely. Axel, but... <laughs> i'm sorry axel you're handsome but we can't be doing that <laughs> I guess we'll go Chancellor Molo. What do we think? I might sneaky link with him. I know he pissed his pants or whatever, but like, I forgot about that. He did, didn't he? Yeah. You know, things happen. Adult incontinence is not a joke. Yeah. Life comes at you fast, but piss comes at you faster. <laughs> I feel like I could, I feel like I could smash him. Just like, I, again, I hate to say it whenever it's like a non human species. I'm always like, just like out of curiosity. <laughs> what that mouth do? Okay, not what I said, but yeah. No, yeah, I think I would also smash. I, and what about Kyung What about Kyung Lark? Smash. Smash. Yeah. And I guess we also have to include Ziri's dad, as was in the question. Immediate pass. It's a hard pass. pass. He, has, pass. he has some rancid vibes. Like, I... Everything that he did, I was like, what is wrong with you? Can you just, like, shut up? No, literally, I, I need to know where all of him and his little friends were on January 6th quickly. I think we need to include also then in that case, uh, Fantu's moms. Smash. I feel like Smash as a, as a couple. Yeah. Great. Happy we're all in agreement. <laughs> um, This is from Emily at underscore Stardust M on Twitter, another bestie. Um, And she said, Axel and Gela or Ziri and Fantu. Oh, this is cruel and unusual. I I already said Ziri and Fontu, and I think I'm gonna stick with that. Um, love Axel and Gela so much, but like something about the two of them just hits a little different. I feel like for me, my thing is that because Axel and Gela never really like got together, 
I think that that did something to me where I'm like, Siri and Fantu, I love them dearly. They like, they are having their moment. But I'm like, I need to know more. Axel and Gella, I'm like, your story is not over. And it, I, I think the will they won't, they always gets me. And I think it's because a lot of the time, like with um, like queer relationships in media, you so often like don't know if it's implied or if you're being like queer baited or if it's just being a gay person and reading too much into it. So I'm so used to like a will they won't they that now whenever I have one of those, I'm like, yes, it does something to my brain. So for I, that reason, I have to pick. I unfortunately have to pick Axel and Gella. No, I'm the same exact camp. You you said it perfectly of like the that because you're a gay person who's so ha- used to having to like look for crumbs, the fact that the crumbs were intentional, I have to say Axel and Gella. No, I think that makes so much sense cuz that's usually how I am, which is why I was so like why did Siri and Fontu literally like realter my brain chemistry? Um they also it's a love of the chase. I also just think it's so like it would it would be so good for him if he could just like stop being an idiot and like be in love with Gala and it would be like cool and chill. Axel needs to be baby girlified. I feel like if he was like a stay-at-home dad who could go to a farmer's market once a week, like he would be better. It would fix him. Okay. The next question is just polycule thoughts, and it's from Georgia at Keen Create on Twitter. I, I have so many thoughts on this. I feel like they are not all connected is the thing. So I don't think that Ziri and Axel are connected. That's exactly what I was so going to say. I feel like it's like, okay, you can't tell me that Ziri and Gela did not have some mad chemistry. And I think like, <laughs> I feel like it's almost shaped like, like a bow tie. Almost. I'm trying to think of like how they're connected. Cause I feel like Axel and Gela are connected, right? Axel's connected to Fantu, but not to Ziri. Ziri is connected to Gela, but not Axel. Fantu and Ziri are obviously connected to each other. I just don't know about if Fantu and Gela are connected. That's the other question I have. Because they what just I was thinking about. Because I'm like, they definitely could be. I mm-hmm. just feel like they didn't have enough one-on-one interaction for me to be like, oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel like it makes it makes the most sense almost in a circle. I guess is the shape then it would be Axel connected to Gela who's connected to Ziri who's connected to Fantu who's connected back to Axel yeah I I drew it out I think it's a rectangle I love how good at shapes we are yeah quite a picture in my brain right now (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I yeah I absolutely agree I think it's everyone connected except for Ziri and Axel and maybe Fantu and Gela we'll see I'll 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 circle back to this after Cataclysm with my final thoughts on whether they need to be connected in the polycule. So true. Um, and then last question is from Leah on Twitter, and it says, "Oh, it's about the the shared moon. Of which name do you prefer, Eerie or the Timekeeper Moon?" I feel. I mean, Timekeeper Moon is just cooler. Like, sorry to say it, but like being like, "Oh, we have to go to the Timekeeper Moon." Why must the names fight? Why can they names not simply kiss instead? See, I think I think it's because um because of Into the Dark, I just associate it as the Timekeeper Moon, because that's the one that stands the test of time, broken heart. <laughs> um but also I think also the issue is is that um I spent the majority of my life in Colorado and there's a town called Erie. And I'm like, no, get that get that town away from the moon get off the moon now i mean i feel like 
not to be like the well you can't choose because both are significant to their place i think the timekeeper moon sounds sounds cooler but i also think eerie is more technical so it's like if you have to put it on a map like that would make the most sense yeah i think that timekeeper moon sounds more like of like oh you're from one of these planets you'd be like oh this is a timekeeper moon but eerie is be would be like if you're someone who's just go like who's visiting to be yeah the more like technical name but i still think timekeeper moon sounds cooler so that's what i will be calling it do we have any final thoughts on the book i feel like i feel like we covered most things there was so much that happened the last like third of the book i literally couldn't put it down first of all i was like i'm gonna finish this in one sitting like it's gonna happen but also like literally every chapter i was like oh my god are you kidding me like it was crazy um but i think we did a good job of covering everything after the first like the first part of the books there's four parts the first part i was like okay i'm kind of getting an idea of what this book is gonna be and then the second part is like actually no i didn't it's completely different and i'm so invested it's insane and then things really do like do they do not pump the brakes there is no reprieve every single chapter is important and it's so well paced like I just think this book is like masterfully written I adore the prose in it I love all the characters like it really did do something in my brain for what I can expect from like from a Star Wars book because it's just very different from a lot of what we have had in the past yeah I think the one thing that we didn't talk about that is probably like when I think about convergence and I think about like I don't know like if I could add a scene to the book I need like the like never have I ever on the on the barge of them trying to like get to know each other a little bit better I need Axel Grey like being like never have I ever been a stupid Jedi (laughs) Gil's like well I haven't been a stupid Jedi I'm just a Jedi so maybe you should I don't know eat bricks I just feel like if Ziri got to play never have I ever with Axel she would knock him down a peg Mm mm-hmm She'd be like, well, never have I ever been a dumb fucking bitch. (laughs) And he'd be like, okay, well, that felt pointed. Yeah, I would love to just, Tales from the Barge, and it's just (laughs) a bunch of short stories of bullshit they got up to. No, that's the thing. I'm like, I feel like they, the four of them together spent like a good amount of time together, but also I needed more scenes that were like literally just them interacting because they have such a good dynamic. And it's so, I love having like this little group. I feel like a lot of, the like relationship dynamics I love in the higher public are like one or two people or maybe like three people sometimes but like having just like this small group of main characters who we got introduced to like they introduced all four of them and then we like stuck with them which I really like um but yeah I feel like I was just like but I need like another like three chapters that's just them hanging out Because, like, one of my favorite scenes in the book, I I don't think I've talked about it all that much. One of my favorite scenes in the book is when Ziri and Fantu are, like, sparring. And then they're, like, having this kind of, like, weirdly intimate conversation for how well they know each other at that point. And, like, ha, ha, ha. And then Gela's like, hey, guys, I'm just going to, like, act like I was also a part of this conversation. What's poppin'? And they're like, oh, (laughs) you're here. (laughs) How long have you been standing there? Like, I just, I love that little interaction of, like, the three of them having a little moment. That is, I could have an entire book that's just that. Third Wheeling, a Star Wars story. That's the, could be the name of Luke Skywalker's memoir. No, literally. 
No, because the way that I was about to be like, yeah, there's not enough of that. And then I was like, that was literally what the original trilogy was. So, And you know what? It was also Obi-Wan Kenobi's story. That was also and the also, prequels. Also Loki raced to Skywalker's story. Wait. You know, I feel like everyone, if you put it, if you if you spin it the right way, every single person in the sequel trilogy could have been a third wheel <laughs> to one relationship or another. Yeah, from a certain point of view, everyone's a third wheel. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's the thing I love about convergence no one's a third wheel no one's a third wheel because they're all kissing so true (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening to fulcrum transmissions mel and ollie's social media accounts will be linked in the description so make sure to go follow them and listen to rupalp's pod race please feel free to send us questions you can dm them to us on twitter instagram or tiktok if you enjoy our podcast please leave us a rating on apple podcasts and spotify we'd really appreciate it Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode.